Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, King Night Asp. Or Rich. Yes. One of those, Both. one of those two. Whatever you Both want to use. Or neither, or either, or. <laughs> Usually, go, I don't go by my pseudonym. I know you're. Uh, you've no. become famous as Goodnight Punk. I feel like the the most famous pseudonym I'd have would be the Elephant in the Room from the Shattered Order. <laughs> it's, it's true. And there was pro- there's probably at least half the people listening to this that would know that nickname. So I'm sure they do. But, uh, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How's uh, how's everything going? Did you enjoy Wild Card Weekend? Uh, I did. Except for my bets, those <laughs> those really effed with me. Yeah, yeah. You sent me a couple text messages that you got real close on some parlays, and I missed it by a half a yard on one parlay for about seventy eight dollars. I missed it by ten yards on the next one for about fifty eight dollars. So yeah, half a yard is like a rounding error too. Like yeah. whoever's the official stat keeper up in the booth could have just rounded up a yard and instead they rounded down and that cost you 70 something dollars probably not just me because the line was 39.5 yards and i got 39 yards instead of the 40 which was the line for ev- everyone that bet on that so oh yeah yeah i'm sure there are plenty of people looking at that and just being pissed yeah exactly well, I am not pissed because they were free bets, but, uh, well, they weren't free bets. They had a lot of bonuses on them to make them go that high, and I was betting the lowest end of yards for every, like, player there. So eight eight leg parlays. I got seven on two of them and almost got all eight on both of those, so I can't be too mad. A couple times during the season where I would just be like, I'm going to bet – like create a parlay using everybody's like rushing and receiving and just hope that everybody goes over. And, you know, sometimes it would hit. And then sometimes you get like the third receiver who gets 20 yards instead of 23. I had a guy Basically tell what me you ran into. <laughs> I had a guy tell me that there's no way Brock Purdy gets the 290 that I bet. And I'm like, was it 290? No, it was 230. And I'm like, no way in this game. He's definitely going to throw for 230. No in the, the past game against the Seahawks or this game against the Cowboys? Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He had, what, 370-something? So Yeah, he had a monster day. Four touchdowns. Yeah, it was crazy. Good good playoff uh, debut for Mr. Purdy. Well, let's jump right into the top five for this week. And I wanted to talk about end-of-the-year awards because for a lot of the players we're going to list, the season's over, so they're not going to be doing much. That means, you know, the reward, the the stats for awards are done. No matter what happens in the playoffs, it's not really factored right. into this. So, right, we want to talk about the top five candidates for defensive rookie of the year. Next week, maybe we can do an offensive rookie of the year. But I wanted to do defense this week week because there, I feel like there's only really two options for this with a third very close. And uh, but there were a lot of good defensive rookies this year, so I just wanted to talk about people that if those top two, which uh, me and you 
you have them on your list, so <laughs> we will talk about them as well. But <laughs> yeah, I, figured, I, I, you know, I appreciate you going a little different because you want to recognize um, more more players. Yeah. But you know, when you say top candidates, my thought is, well, I'm going to put the people I'm most likely to win it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the two li- most likely to win it first, and then let's talk about the ones we have on our list that are, if those two didn't exist, would have a good shot. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, I-, I think then we should talk about the most obvious candidate to win it, um, which is Sauce Gardner okay. from the Jets. <laughs> I, I, that's a, you said earlier that you figured I'd have Aiden Hutchinson on my list, but I actually think Sauce is going to win it. So. Well, and I, I was factoring in the homerness of of the Lions and Aiden Hutchinson, and and I mean he did have a a monster year. So well, led know, all like, rookies in sacks, yeah, and interceptions. He's yeah. a defensive lineman. That's, he led is, all rookies with interceptions. He had three. The close next closest was one, which is a weird stat. Yeah, <laughs> he never had um, an interception in college. Or high school, he said. Wow. So to have three I, I of them. They dropped him into zone coverage quite a few times, and he did pretty good when they dropped him back there. It was freaking crazy. Yeah. But let's start with the sauce. So I just had to talk yeah. about my boy for a second. Um, you know, the the idea of a shutdown corner is I, I can't remember the last shutdown corner. I mean, you know, the Revis Island and all that stuff, but like, it feels like it's been a while since there's been a corner who no one wants to throw at. Um, you know, last year it was, um, the Cowboys, uh, Trayvon Diggs was picking a lot of things off, but he also gets burned on plays a lot because he goes for the interceptions. But I feel like sauce Gardner had one of those seasons where it's like, Oh, no one's going to want to throw to that guy. Um, I, I, let me pull up his, his stats. Let's see. Twenty passes defended, two mm-hmm. interceptions. So I mean, two interceptions, but twenty passes defended is is pretty yeah, awesome. That's a big number um, there. And I, you know, if we looked at like next gen stats of like completion percentage when thrown at him, it's probably pretty low. I don't know where to find that. I'm sure you probably could on Stat Muse or something. But <laughs> he's definitely lived up to the hype coming out of college uh you know being a high pick it's it's it feels you know it, it feels to me like all right you know going forward like he's he's gonna be uh you know a defender that that shuts down a team's best receiver and, and yeah we talked about it before the season man the jets have some some really good talent young talent on that defense and, and he definitely flourished throughout the year yeah when i think of the jets defense i think of him and keenan williams and those two are freaking yeah. awesome so yeah he, yeah he he did really well and like as far where you sons of bitches this is not what i was looking for defensive rookie stats in the nfl 2020 there it is uh, no that's not it either i had stat muse picked pulled up for this and now it's gone and now it's not working. So <laughs> well, we'll talk about. I mean, we we mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Um, yeah, he was my number two. I, it could it could theoretically go either way, but I'm guessing it's probably leaning towards Sauce Gardner. But Aiden Hutchinson had an impact on sacks, interceptions, tackles, quarterback pressures, like, and and the the 
guy on the other side of the line, who also is a rookie, I don't know his name off the top of my head, for the Lions, <laughs> he had a good season too. He's because gone. as Hayden Suchinson got better, they had to steer more attention to him, and it freed up um, the other rookie on the other side of the line to to start breaking out and having a good year. So it's like Aiden With- Hutchinson's so good that he makes everybody else around him even better. Oh, just, that it is? just wait. <laughs> we'll talk about him. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll do a little, little teaser. He's, teaser. He's on Dan's list. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at uh, hit, Aiden had 15 QB hits, nine tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, 34 solo tackles, 52 combined tackles, three pass defense, two fumble recoveries, three interceptions. The dude had stats across the board that were just out of control yeah he was he was all around fantastic um he is exactly what i wanted in a number two defensive lineman it was funny to me i remember going back to the draft when he was the consensus number one pick kind of going into the offseason and then trayvon walker moved up and the jags ended up taking him and boy did that work out for the Lions because they get the hometown kid who you know went to michigan um Grew up a Packer fan, but you know that's okay. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Oh, but like, against him, yeah, and and now he's playing for the Lions. Like that's it's yeah, man. Talk about a perfect setup for Detroit. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I either one of them could win, and I'd be fine with it. I'd be happy yeah. for Aiden since he's on my team. But oh, either both of them have both of them deserve it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I, I'm I'm. I'm thinking I might just go through my entire list and then we'll go into yours because I wanted to uh, bring up my my number three because you said earlier that Aiden Hutchinson led all rookies in interceptions, right? Uh, from what I saw before the uh, podcast. That is incorrect because this gentleman, Tariq Woolen, had six tied for the league league in interceptions. Well, yep, there as is. As a fifth round pick. Why um, wasn't he on... Okay, screw you, Stat Muse, for messing with me. <laughs> but yeah, when you said that, I'm like, he did? <laughs> but yeah, Tariq Woolen, a lot of people have been given the Richard Sherman comparison because, of course, he went to Seattle. He was a fifth-round pick. Um, yeah, tied for the league lead with six interceptions. Had a, a you know, coming out as a fifth-round pick, had a great year. I don't think he's a realistic option to win Rookie of the Year. But when I was thinking of, you know, most impactful rookies on defense, I couldn't not list him. Well, you talk about Sauce being a shutdown corner with 20 pass deflections. He, or pass defended. He had 16 himself. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, as coming out, he was, uh, yeah, round five pick. So he he very uh, overperformed. And, and like I said, all seasons I kept hearing the Richard Sherman comparisons. And then when I actually got to see him play in a couple games, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy, for being a fifth-round pick, is, is a hell of a cornerback. Well, it's funny. So let let me throw one of mine at you, and that's Kobe Bryant, who is also a cornerback for the Seattle yes. Seahawks. Uh, he himself yeah, had the- fifty-two tackles, four tackles for loss, four QB hits, two sacks, four pass defense, four force, four force fumbles. The dude was out out of control. What What's crazy to me about how well the Seahawks did and the fact that they made the playoffs barely. Um, is that they were running two rookie cornerbacks and two rookie tackles. Yeah. 
And they still had that good of a season for a team that we all, they at the beginning, we picked to have the number one pick. We didn't pick them to have the number one pick as a team that could get the number one pick. I think, weren't they our number one I'm going to go back and look because I'm curious if we have the number one. It was either them or the Falcons. <laughs> wasn't, but, yeah. Wasn't the Texans? Oh, it might have been the Texans, actually. No. Um, yeah, but they were number two. Both of us had the Texans one, and both of us had the Seahawks two. That's so, crazy. Yeah, considering they made the wild card round, and they started – I know they, they started like six or seven rookies – on both sides of the walks. I know Kenneth Walker, another rookie that got a lot of playing time at running back for them. Like they, they sort a lot of rookies and, and they had a great draft class. Cause yeah, you look at Kobe Bryant as well with Tariq Woolen, like just those two alone, um, mm-hmm. two, two starting pieces on their defense for the next couple of seasons. So for sure. Yeah. Good, good job. CL. Uh, uh, well, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, I'll just finish up mine. Um, so number four, I had Jalen Petre from Houston. He was a safety that I wanted Washington to get in the first round. They uh, ended up trading down and missing out on him, uh, which sucked because that dude had a ton of tackles this year. Um, you know, you went through and got all the stats for you. He had 147 years. combined tackles, 99, yeah, 99 yeah. solo hey. tackles. Yeah, see that dude. Five tackles Dude, for loss, was, uh, a sack, eight pass defenses, five interceptions. So you know, I, I I I realized how much of a monster year he had when I was looking at our fantasy football um, leagues, and I was doing the payouts for him. And we pay out the top player at each position, and we do IDP. So the top defensive back in fantasy football was Jalen Petre, hmm. and I looked at him like, what the hell? And then I looked at him, and I'm like, yeah, that dude, I mean, eight pass defenses. He also had five interceptions. Yeah, I mean, the guy was um, a beast. And That's because ridiculous. he's on the Texans, never gets talked about. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say never gets off the field. Oh, well, that's <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Both. But, uh, yeah, bummed to Washington missed out on him, especially after seeing how well he did his rookie year. It's like, yeah, he, that dude is a, is a beast on the field. Beast. Um, and then my – my last one, who's also on your list, so we'll talk about him more when you get to him, is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, a lot of people have have talked about him more than Aiden Hutchinson, which is stupid, but it's, you know, the bias of the media market. Um, wow. He had a good season, but he also only really did it in, the like, the second half of the season and kind of, like, the last couple of weeks. Because um, they made the playoffs? So what, okay, I'm trying to yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try to wrap my mind around this. Well, he – and then – Stats like, weren't even they, close. When when they played Washington, he like both times he had monster games and and you know sort of how everybody's looking at like oh look how much he's developed. It's like no, he's just that's not what defensive teams. rookie is. Yeah, it's playing well the entire year, not playing good at the end, and not because yeah. you make the playoffs. Get out of here. But yeah, but because it's New York and because it's now the I'll Giants, be a homer. Get out of here. Knows Thibodeau, and they don't talk about Hutchinson, which is a damn shame. Well, yeah, those are my five. Uh, why don't you go ahead and dive into yours? Because you you did a little more research in yours, and you also got some names that, um, like, I, I don't even know the first one at the top of your list. You don't know George Karloftis? When he was drafted, I wanted him. That guy is the beast. He's from he the – first-round uh, pick? Uh, I think he was a first-round pick for the Chiefs. Let me check. I'll like, check. You can talk about him. Okay. Um – 
So anyways, George Karloff, just defensive lineman, Kansas City. 18 tackles, 33 combined, 8 tackles for loss, 11 QB hits, 6 sacks, 7 pass def- defenses, meaning he's, he's got his big bear paws up there every week. The guy was just solid as a, as a pass rusher for Kansas City all year long. Um, 30th overall pick. So, yeah, he... Uh, he was I just thought he was uh, in the first overall. round. So, really good player, really solid, just slot-in rookie guy, and uh, I just really liked him as a rookie, and to see that he did well made me happy. So, I put him nice. in there. Um, obviously, his stats are not anything compared to, you know, Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, but like I said, they were not there. Or, or same with James Houston. Here you go. The guy yeah, this is the other guy in Detroit. Yeah, he was across the line from Aiden Hutchinson. The guy didn't play till Thanksgiving was his first game. He didn't play really? the entire beginning of the season. Wow. Um, he came in, and in I think it was seven games, he had 12 tackles, seven tackles for loss, 11 QB hits, eight sacks, and a forced fumble. He's a beast. Like, James Houston is going to be very good. And so, well, like I said, when you've got Aiden Hutchinson on one side and he has to get double and sometimes triple teams, um, I mean, yeah, it absolutely opens up one-on-ones for Houston. And, and if he can beat them, he's going to get them sacks. And, yeah, eight sacks in seven games. That's that's awesome. <laughs> he, It felt like watching the games, like every time he was on the field, he was going to get a sack. That's how it felt <laughs> because he didn't play that much. and But he would kept getting sacks. It was crazy. So. That guy's going to be very good, especially with now the problem becomes the fact that the Lions ha- are paying like $15 million a year to Julian and Romeo Aquara, who never play. So, so that's yeah, sucks. But, that's a shame. Um, next up, I'll, I'll leave. Well, you mentioned Thibodeau, so I'll go with Thibodeau here. Thibodeau, the one you were talking about, 49 tackles. Okay, six tackles for loss, 13 QB hits. So that's pretty good. Four sacks, five pass deflections, two forced fumbles, and a touchdown. Pretty good stats. Pretty good stats. He has five and a half less than Aiden Hutchinson. Three interceptions less than Aiden Hutchinson. But we're going to say he should get it over Hutchinson? That How does that make any sense? Anyways, Kayvon Thibodeau, if Hutchinson didn't exist, had a very good year. Yeah, I I don't think anybody is saying Thibodeau should get the reward, but you you hear his name more often than you do Aiden Hutchinson's. Okay, I thought because you were saying of, that people were saying that. I'm like, what? No, no, I just, you know, when they talk about, like, defensive rookies, they really talks about Thibodeau. Whereas, you know, unless you're specifically watching a Lions game, they don't talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Like, if I turn on ESPN tomorrow, I guarantee at some point I'd see Kayvon Thibodeau or hear his name. But no one's going to talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Which is funny because not on our list is Javon Walker, who had better stats than Kayvon Thibodeau. So, I mean. Yeah, but he plays in Jacksonville. So yeah. So, <laughs> Thibodeau can just take several seats. How about that? I'm going to look up Trayvon's uh, stats because neither of us put him on his list. I thought you might, so I didn't put him on mine, but 
You know, uh, I was thinking about it, but then when I when I thought about like guys like Tariq Woolen and Jalen Petrie, it's like they were they had more impressive seasons to me. So um, Trayvon Walker had this pretty much the same year as um, as Thibodeau. Forty nine combined tackles, twenty four solo, twenty five assists, five tackles for loss, ten QB hits, three and a half sacks, two pass deflections, one forced fumble, one interception. So I mean. I'd put hit Walker and Thibodeau right out next to each other and Hutchinson above them. But Absolutely, yeah. That's that's just Um, last one I have. This one will make your dad happy because looking at this dude's stats, uh look pretty he good. Loves, he loves this guy. And that's uh Jaquan Brisker. Now he didn't have a lot of pass deflections, but 73 tackles, 104 combined, five tackles for loss, four QB hits, four sacks, same as Kayvon Thibodeau, by the way, two pass deflections, one interception, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. Jaquan Brisker was an absolute beast for the uh, Chicago Bears defense. Yeah, I believe he's a safety. So all those tackles, um, a lot more than pass defenses and the interceptions, like he's... He, I, I remember watching Bears games, and he plays down in the box, plays the run, um, and, and always seems to be in on the play, which, you know, for the Bears, after getting rid of Roquan Smith, they need someone to tackle on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, good to see. Good to see that they hit uh, in the draft. Um, so he must play a lot like Honey Badger then. I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe so. He was always involved in the, in the tackle. When we were watching that, he was everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. They've got, uh, I could have sworn they've got another rookie defensive back that had a pretty good season too, but I don't remember. I saw him, but his stats weren't as high. as good. Kyler, yeah. Is it Kyler Gordon? Yeah, Kyler Gordon had, um, he had a pretty good season. Not, not defensive rookie of the year season, but he also had a pretty good season. 71 tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, six pass deflections, fumble recover, force fumble, three interceptions. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's more of a. I think he actually plays corner, so he was more involved in the actual passing game. But and he was only like in the, fourteen uh, games instead of seventeen. Yeah, it's like the Seahawks. You know, they got they got some rookie people in their secondary that they desperately need. So good for them. Just need a. Just need a. a Somebody to catch the ball now on the offensive side. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's funny. I, 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 my first thought when you thought, when you said that we talked about this, I was like, oh, you know, were there any commanders on the like rookies that um, stood out to me? And no, because our second round pick, who's a defensive tackle, tore his ACL in training camp, so he missed the season. And then everybody else that popped in my head is either a second or a third year player. So even though they're still young, they're not, they weren't rookies. But uh, as far as defensive guys go, you mean? Yeah, as far as defensive guys. And then Derek Forrest, the is he like, a second-year guy? He's a second-year guy. I'll yeah. say because that guy was a beast. <laughs> yeah, that dude. He he broke out as our as one of our new starting safeties. And then even <laughs> last year's first-round pick. Um, oh crap! I'm blanking on his name. Jim uh, Jamin Davis. He looked like a bust oh. last year, and then he had he had a much better year this year. So that was. That was promising too, but again, none of them were rookies. Um, and then the Cardinals. God, I couldn't even think of. I guess they did have a defensive um, 
end, I think, who... I'm going to try to look it up. Because I, I remember watching Hard Knocks. Uh, Cameron Thomas. Cameron Thomas. He, he didn't blow anything away, but um, if I remember correctly, he... Let's see here. Um, he looks promising. Cameron Thomas. Uh, 18 tackles. Three tackles for loss. Six QB hits. Three, three sacks. In seven, 17 games, no starts. But yeah, it looks pretty. There's some promise there. Yeah, and that's hey for the Cardinals. I mean, they they need all the promise they can get. But uh, yeah, you know the thing about this list too that I look at is like Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Jalen Petrie, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, George Karloftis. Those were all first round picks. Mm-hmm. But um, Kobe Bryant, Reek Wolin, Jaquan Brisker. I don't. James okay. Houston obviously wasn't a first round pick. Like there's, a there's a lot of talent runner. to be found in the in like the mid rounds of the draft on the defense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, James Houston. I think he was a. Uh, I can't remember. Back to back rounds. Malcolm Rodriguez, who I didn't even mention, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Malcolm Rodriguez. <laughs> And uh, James Houston went back to back in the between in the fifth and sixth round. I can't remember who was the fifth and who was sixth, but nice. No. Well, hey, the Lions. Uh, it's one I'm of the not... reasons they turn their season around so quick because they got. Let me go look at Rodriguez. Rodriguez stats here. He had eighty-seven tackles, sixty-two That's solo, good. eight tackles for loss, three QB hits, one sack. Uh. Horse fumble, two pass deflections. Yeah, he was a good amount of tackles. He was the third leading tackler on the team behind Pasta Man and Deshaun Elliott. So. How do you feel about Pasta Man now? I feel like he had a redeeming season. Uh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely didn't give up any games. I still so, think I the first like half of the, the season. Jared Goff of the defense. He is, and he was yeah. this year. The first six games, the guy couldn't cover anyone to save his life, but he managed to turn around the second half of the season. So, I don't know. Uh, he, his contract's up. Whether they resign him or we go for a different linebacker, it'll be interesting to see. So I thought it was interesting because every time I saw him playing, I was like, Damn, he was always yeah. <laughs> he's okay. Look, let me refine my statement he is the worst or he has in the past at least been the worst coverage linebacker i've ever seen he is great against the run so there's that which is why it all which is why he's always behind the line making tackles he's always in on the tackles he's great getting to the ball but it's always been caught by someone or they're running it so that's the problem well, that makes sense. I was just curious your opinion, but yeah, next week we'll do uh, offensive rookie of the years because I don't think there's. And then off the top of my head, I can't think of a clear cut offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's tough. I have I can. Yeah. I have one guy that I'm pretty sure would be my number one, but. I feel like Chris Olave is the one that pops in my head as like. Mine's a halfback. Can you guess? And it's not Brees uh, Hall or Brian, uh, your guy, Brian Robinson. No, I figured it would be Brian Robinson. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker is probably the, probably <laughs> the best one. 
Kenneth Walker, so I'm thinking of. Yeah. I just feel like I know there was there were I think it's Chris Olave who led rookies with touch in like touchdowns. But there were some rookies that there weren't, you know, none of the quarterbacks really did enough. Some of the receivers um did. Obviously Brees Hall would have probably won it had he stayed healthy. Kenneth Walker's probably going to win it. Um but uh well, but yeah, we'll get into that more next next <laughs> week on the podcast. For now, let's move into our wild card review. Um, starting off with Seahawks 49ers. I mean, this game, th- th- this was never really a doubt. I mean, it, it didn't, it ended in a blowout, but that was mostly in just the fourth quarter. It was closer than I expected. The Seahawks played um, a little more adamantly than I thought. But yeah, Brock Purdy had near 400 yards, four touchdowns. Good, good debut for him. Yeah. I did. Want, I had some questions after this game that I want to get your opinion on. Um, so with Brock Purdy, of course, there's the the argument on social media and everything is that if he leads them to even to the NFC Championship, let's say not even the Super Bowl, let's say they make the NFC Championship, they beat Dallas, but then lose to Philly or whatever. Um, should Brock Purdy start over Trey Lance next season? Uh, no. And there's only one reason I say that because of all the draft picks you gave up for him. And here's the other thing. They have Brock Purdy. They just have an older version of him. And the reason they drafted Trey Lance was to get a different dimension at quarterback than Brock Purdy or Brock, than Jimmy Garoppolo or his younger version, Brock Purdy. So I feel like they'll play Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance doesn't play well, then he'll probably, uh, be benched but they gotta yeah. see what they got in him because he's only played one game not even a full game no i played the full game against chicago and then got hurt in the first drive in week two i believe yeah so he's um, played the, game the one game chicago was in a downpour so it's like you can't even really oh really god play. i forgot about that game yes week one downpour that, that, that the bears won against the 49ers by the <laughs> way yeah um no i completely agree that's exactly what i've been saying is they've they gave up so much to move up to get a quarterback. They didn't even necessarily want Trey Lance. They just wanted a quarterback and ended up with Trey Lance. So they they have to start him next year and give him a chance. But I don't see him finishing the season as a starter. Um, now, again. That's, that's it, the other thing. I don't feel like Trey Lance is the guy. No. But – the problem they have is that you can't give up on him when he hasn't done anything to lose his job. The only way they could do it is if like next summer during training camp and and everything, Trey Lance looks so bad that they eventually just say, you know what? Screw it. We're just going with Purdy. Um, But I, I think they'll give Lance the chance. And then for the Seahawks side, should they re-sign Geno Smith? Or draft a quarterback at uh, five is where they pick. I think they should keep Geno Smith. I think he played well enough to earn that job. Now, if they want to take like a third or fourth round quarterback to groom behind him just in case, that would make sense to me. But they are in a spot where if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, they draft pieces to put around Geno and the rest of that team. They made the playoffs this year. And there's nothing in the way with the way their rookie tackles played, the way their rookie cornerbacks played, and the way that a lot of rookies on that team played, they have a very bright future. 
to just say, okay, well, thanks, Gino, for giving us a little bit of hope here, but we're going to go with a rookie. But, like, Gino played well enough that he deserves the job, I think. I agree, assuming that the price is right. I, I don't think it's to the point that they should pay him as, like, a top quarterback, but at I, least try to re-sign him. I think if you're um, Gino Smith, you take what you're given from the team that gave you the I, shot. <laughs> Because I, no one's, if they're not, if you're asking for top money as a quarterback after, I don't think you're going to get that from someone else. No. Maybe. No. But, but, well, you never know. There, there are, there are a lot of teams that could be in quarterback flux this season. So it'd be interesting. But yeah, I agree. I think the Seahawks should make an attempt to re-sign him because then at five, yeah, you can pick a, uh, an offensive lineman, a, a defensive lineman. I mean, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter might fall. I mean, yeah, there's. Oh, they have five, huh? Do they have a trade part? Is that from a trade? Uh, Denver's. With a Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson. Okay, yeah. No. I forgot they. I thought they had a late pick. I was like, if you're, you're going to take a late round quarterback, I think, or I think they'll round, have but... two first rounders. Um, yeah, they should. They'll yeah, have theirs, but, theirs, and then that one. But I didn't yeah, but number one. five is is from the uh, Russell Wilson trade, which boy did that work out well for Seattle. Just like uh, the Lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next game, Chargers Jaguars. This one was a God. What a freaking yeah this heartbreaker. Was a it was an exciting game. I will say, Jaguars coming back from twenty seven down was exciting. Uh, but as somebody who was rooting for the Chargers. Very depressing. Yeah, very sad to see the, that collapse. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was frustrating. And then the Chargers decide to fire their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, after the game, but not Brandon Staley for some reason. Um, hey, I'd fire Joe Lombardi too. That guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just feel like Brandon Staley, like, he, he they missed the playoffs last season because of his decision making, and then to lose that game, you, you you know yes, I saw a stat that said like I I don't remember how many pass plays they called to compare to run plays after they were up twenty seven nothing, but they called like eight run plays to twenty something pass plays after that point. You have a twenty seven point lead and you have Austin Eckler and you're not running the ball. Um, so that I can understand, like Joe Lombardi losing his job based off that, but when they were with yeah. the Lions, he was absolutely terrible. That is where the screen pass offense that I come to hate—that's where I feel like it originated from. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but I would say this: Mike Williams missed the game because he played in Week 18 for no reason. That to yeah. me seems like a Brandon Staley decision. Like, yeah. I, maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was Joe Lombardi's decision. I don't know, but. Yeah, frustrating for the Chargers to to get you know get back on track throughout the season to make the playoffs to be up twenty seven nothing and then to lose. But again, on the flip side, Swagwires baby, what a what a comeback for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. That I, taking aside my Chargers like fandom, it it was very exciting for the Jaguars to do that, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really fun game to watch. Yep, that was a good. If you were not a fan of either team, or if you're a fan of the Jaguars or not a fan of either specific team, you would love watching that game. Right. If you're not invested in the Chargers, it was a good game. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Dolphins, Bills. Bills get the win, but man, this game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. 
Uh, uh, Josh yeah, Allen. Considering you yeah. were like, they have no shot. And the whole game, yeah, I'm like, I, oh, the Dolphins might win this. That would be freaking crazy. Well, and Josh Allen had three turnovers, which was the extremely frustrating thing because he's usually very careful with the ball. So mm. I'm sitting there watching, and he keeps turning the ball over. And I'm like, if you blow this game, like, I was getting super frustrated. I I, I think I, I bet the Bills to cover. It was like 13. And mm. I bet them to cover, and they ended up winning by three. So that sucked. Um but they still won, which is good because I didn't want to see Skylar Thompson in the divisional round of the playoffs. <laughs> no offense to the guy. Um, but I want to see Josh Allen. And uh, for Miami, it is a rough way to end their season. Because you remember, I mean, they started off so hot and then Tua ran into all his concussion issues. And then, you know, again on Christmas to miss, the, you know, the rest of the season for him. That really sucks for Miami because they do have a lot of talent. They were a very exciting team in like September and early October. So, um, I don't know. I'm just hoping Tua gets, comes back and, and gets back to what he was doing in September. Because that was – I still remember that week two game again. I think it was against Baltimore where they came back and um, just, like, scored, like, 21 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. That was cool. Yeah, I agree. That, it's, that was – it's good to keep have the Bills still in. That's it all is, I'm especially with that. them playing the Bengals this week. That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure with everything that's happened. Uh, Giants-Vikings. Uh, Vikings were pretenders the entire time. I mean, we talked about it. We knew that they were not that good, not as good as their record said they were, and they lost, as they should have. Yep. Giants playing like they did earlier in the year. I think we mentioned that last week. Like They went through a stretch in the middle of the season where they got – Kind of underwhelming, but now it feels like they're back on track. Do they have a chance to beat Philly? I don't know. But um, I think it'll be a better game than if Minnesota was playing them. Uh, Ravens, Bengals, just like the Bills, the Bengals didn't dominate this game like I expected because also because Tyler Huntley played very well. Um, watching that game, I mean, besides the, the goal line fumble that got returned 98 yards for a touchdown, Baltimore probably would have won this game, actually. Um that was a exciting play, but yeah, I, I, Baltimore could have pulled off the upset if it wasn't for that. Because that was like at least a 10-point swing, almost a 14-point swing, and I think they only ended up losing by, what, three? Or they lose, no, they lost by a touchdown. They lost by a full touchdown, but they still could have could have pulled off the win if it wasn't for that uh, fumble at the goal line, returned 98 yards. Um, and then oh, Yeah, another, that was so bad. Yeah, that sucks for... For Tyler Huntley, because he did play, he did play well. That was Chuba Howard being back. It wasn't Chuba Howard. It was uh, so you said Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard, yeah, yeah, being back there, just picking it up. Yeah, like somehow being in his lap behind yeah. the line of scr- or behind the entire uh, line of the Ravens. Yeah, and then Mark Andrews still almost caught him. Yeah, it was crazy. um. But then I want to ask you, just like we did for San Francisco and Seattle, for Baltimore, you know, the Lamar stuff, his knee, everybody's freaking out about it. Do you think they should re-sign him to a long-term deal or franchise him for one year to see how healthy he is? Uh, well, here's the thing uh, that I've heard is that he could have played at that game. I've heard that as well. And they didn't want to because he doesn't have a long-term contract. And he didn't want to play that game and get hurt 
and then suddenly he's not getting paid at all. So I I actually side with him on this one because the, he sh he should have been resigned before the season started. And so if he doesn't want they they want to throw him out there, but they don't want to pay him, you know. So he's been hurt all year. No one can prove otherwise that he isn't hurt, and not that's why not why he's playing. So you know whatever. Whether they they got to do something, they have to resign him, or they need to franchise him. They can't let this. They can't well, let him go. And that's I, why I was asking, which one should they do? Should they resign re him, him, offer him a long-term deal, or franchise him for one year and see how next season goes? They should resign him. Just give him the long-term deal now. Yeah, there's no world that you live in where you're going to find a better quarterback than Lamar. And the other problem with is you. Did you see their record with Trevor Huntley, no matter how good he played in that game? Oh, yeah. yeah. They were terrible. They're, they're, yeah. So you have one option, and that's Lamar or Jackson. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk about, like, everyone's like, oh, he could have played. He's not that hurt. And he's saying that, you know, his knee's worse than people think. And honestly, like, there's no one really knows besides, like, him and the doctors. Like, I, I can't – you can't sit here and be like, oh, he's fully healthy because he says he's not. So if he's not, he's not. Um, I thought RG3 pointed out an interesting point about his career when he hurt his knee and then played through it in the playoffs for the uh, Redskins back in 2012. He put a brace on his knee, tried to play through it, injured it worse, and of course it forever altered his entire career. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Lamar says he's, he can't play, he can't play. I was just curious, between the choice of all right we're going to franchise him for one year because we want to see how healthy he is next year versus giving him a you know five six year contract for 50 million a year um and then you know what if all of a sudden next season it's like oh he's, he's not as healthy as he was i i don't know i for me personally i agree um it's it's he's he's he won mvp like he's shown that he can be um the best quarterback in the league, the most productive quarterback in the league. They only win because of him. Now, of course, they did fire their offensive coordinator, so I don't know if that will – or no, he stepped down. They didn't fire him. He stepped down. But um, I don't know if that's going to actually change their offense if, if they're going to stop running as much as they did. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be going to be a fun discussion in the offseason about what happens with Lamar. Did you see somebody posted a uh, article where it's like the Bears should trade Justin Fields in the number one pick for Lamar Jackson? And everyone's like, I, I mean, they're a dumb franchise. They're not that dumb. Why would they trade a young version of Lamar Jackson and the number one pick? And then they have to pay Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, I, know, I just thought that was pretty funny. Like, that was like a Ravens fan, like wishing for that to happen. <laughs> When you wish upon a star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cowboys, Bucks. Um, Bucks looked like the, the Bucks looked like a team that went eight and nine and won a terrible division. That's exactly what the books look like. Um, should should like they were outclassed by Dallas, which is surprising because Dallas against Washington Week 18 played like they didn't care, um, and, and they didn't need to. I mean, they, there was nothing on the line for them really. But then they came out against Tampa Bay and, and dominated. Good good on them. Dak played his best game that I can remember seeing all year. 
Um, and uh, yeah, the the Bucks just look like ass. Um, <laughs> and then of course, I love how everyone seems surprised after the game, and I'm like, they only made it because every other team in their division decided they didn't want to make it uh, either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They I were was hoping they were had yeah. a losing record. I was hoping playoff Tom was going to come out and uh, beat the Cowboys. Cause you know, I just don't like the Cowboys. Um, but talent wise, Cowboys are just a better team all around, better team offense and defense. Um, Tampa I'm just, Bay. I'm just over yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks of talking about Tom Brady. Well, I mean, that's, that's over yet. Doesn't matter. I, I want to talk about Tom Brady. Well, <laughs> I, okay. We can keep talking about him here. I'm just saying, when he's still in the playoffs, somehow he's the only story. That's how it is every playoffs. Doesn't matter. So yeah. this one, if he had beat the Cowboys, suddenly every week or all day, every day for the next week, we'd be hearing about it. Yeah, that's that's very true. They were not good. That's very you true. didn't hear about him during the season. You know why? Because what? He had his first losing streak, his first losing record at the mid-season point. I had all his first for being bad this season. No one really talked about it. And they finally would get to the end of the season and they made the playoffs with their bad team. Or, like, not bad team, but, like, worse than previous team. teams. But yeah, It was a bad team. Washington that, finished fourth in their division and had a better record. That's Yes, exactly. So, I, I just... I was not surprised by this. So, this is exactly why I picked the Cowboys, so... I picked the Bucks more for wishful thinking, um, but that's just a that's just the cowboy hater in me. But I do want to talk about Brady because again, I just want to get your opinion on on what happens to him in the future. Does he retire? Does he go back to Tampa, or does he play somewhere else? Well, what do I want, or what I think is going to happen? Well, either one, both. How about both? All right. Well, what I want is for him to retire. I think he should just retire. I really don't think he should play for another team. I, I, there's that. There's nothing. Nothing will come of that. I know it's Tom Brady, but it's also 45, 46. How old is he? He will be 46 next year. Yeah, 46-year-old Tom Brady, the same guy that was having trouble throwing down the field this season. So Peyton Manning went out doing the same type of throws and so it's about time so you you think he's going to play somewhere else though or or because no, i think he's going to come back to tampa bay for a year. you think he's going back to tampa bay? okay um i think he's going to retire i i want him to retire and i honestly think that he he should review this season and realize that the problem was him the problem was not anything else in tampa bay besides he Played poorly. He couldn't get the ball downfield. He was off target on a lot of throws. Watching him play against Dallas, he looked terrible. I don't see him wanting to come back and further dig himself deeper. Um, I I think he at least is going to have the wherewithal to be like, I should have retired last season, damn it. I'm going to do it right this season. If he does come back, I don't think he plays in Tampa Bay. I, I think... I think Tampa Bay might be ready to move on, especially after this. Um, mm -hmm. I I could, and again, I don't want this to happen, but when you when you talk about a team 
if he's going to play somewhere, it's going to be a team that has everything but a quarterback. And when I think about a team that has a good defense, good weapons on offense, and just needs a quarterback, I look at the commanders. I do not want him on the commanders, but I have this sneaking suspicion that he'll look at it and say, hey, that defense has a lot of talent. They've got Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. He can come in kind of like he did in Tampa Bay and hopefully just do enough to win games. I don't I, I just I don't want to see that, but I'm just putting that out there that I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, it just it feels like something we do. Here well, um, regardless of whether it does, here's why I don't think he'd do it. They were fourth in their division with the record they had with that good of a team. He'd still have to play those other three teams that are really good. That's true. So that's true. Good. Maybe maybe he <laughs> will uh but see, and then everyone's talking about him going to Vegas. It's the same thing. You have to play against the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. But um, <laughs> or going back to the New England, you've got the Bills. The Jets are getting better. The Dolphins. I just he he needs to retire, and I really do think he does. I I really do think he retires. But I don't yeah. know, we'll see. We've got uh, I mean, a couple months leading into free agency. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> and he might unretire well, between episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Each each week we'll be like, is he still retired? Yeah. Uh, so picks last week we both went four and two. Um, you got the Cowboys over the Bucks. I got the Giants over the Vikings. Those those were the only two differences I think we had. Everything else, um, we were in line. So now going into the divisional round, we're gonna start off. First game is Jaguars at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'll give the Chiefs 27 points in the first half with the Jaguars coming back to win. All right, so Dan is picking I'm just Jaguars. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I Well, I don't know, honestly. I'll pick the Chiefs, but I, I think the Jags definitely cover eight and a half. I do too. Oh, you know what? It's funny. I forgot to mention this. So, you know the confidence pool that me and my dad did all season? Mm-hmm. For the playoffs, and I didn't realize this until we were watching the games on the weekend, the the picks, you're actually picking against the spread in the playoffs. So, oh. like, we both picked the Bills to beat the Dolphins without realizing that we had picked them to cover, which they didn't. So, everybody, you know, we didn't get those picks right. And I was like, I was mad at first because I'm like, well, I didn't fucking know that. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a cool twist in the playoffs. So, I wanted to ask you if you thought we should do that as well. Where instead of just picking who we think we're going to win, um, like you could pick the Jaguars, and then if they win or cover the spread, you are correct. I'm down for that. Then I'll take the Jaguars. All right. Well, I'm also going to take the Jaguars. I, yeah. <laughs> I bet them to cover eight and a half, too. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it is. I, I, I know the Chiefs were the number one seed, but again, I, I don't think the Chiefs are that dominant that they're going to win by nine or 10 points. Um, Not to I mention they were win. on a bye last week yeah. and the Jaguars had a massive comeback win giving them momentum and excitement for their off season. So yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. I think the chiefs uh, will win, but it'll probably be like by three or four. Um, all right. Next one. Giants at Eagles. Eagles favored by seven and a half. Every all home teams are favored this week. See, this is funny because I don't see the Eagles 
I see the Eagles winning this game, but I don't see the Eagles winning by more than seven points, which would mean the Giants cover. Right. We're going to go with the Giants? Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with the Giants. I, um... I'm actually going to take the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles do cover seven out. I think they, they, they win by ten. Um, I, don't, I might be wrong, but I also just want to be different. I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> we got to have at least something different. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Giants are playing better, but I also think the Eagles, because it's a divisional foe, they know them very well, and I think the Eagles are ready to to go out and just unleash their high-powered offense and, and really try to run it up. Uh, but we'll see. All right, Bengals at Bills. Bills by five and a half. See, I see this game ending on a field goal. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm gonna take the Bengals. Uh, yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this game should is should be a very close game. These are two very like when I saw the line was five and a half, I was very surprised. I was like, these teams feel like they should be. Like maybe the Bills by two, by five and a half seems a little weird to me. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Bengals as well. I think there's a chance the Bengals outright win this game, um, not just cover the spread. <laughs> oh, I think the Bengals are the ones that make the field goal and win the game. Oh, okay. So yeah, you think the Bengals went outright too? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Uh, last game: Cowboys at 49ers. 49ers favored by three and a half. Um, so this is tough. Hey, I'm going to say Cowboys. All right. I, I think the, the Cowboys, I uh, think the Cowboys win this game. I was going to say, I am picking them to win, not just cover the spread. Right. Because I feel okay. like they, this is where Purdy's magic is against yeah. the Cowboys defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, that's why I'm glad I picked the Eagles. Because I'm looking at this, I'm like, I get the feeling me and Dan are gonna be on the same page in most of these games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Purdy. I don't think he's faced a defense like the Cowboys yet. Um, so I, I think it's gonna be a real wake up call. I think the Cowboys do win this game outright. Um, mm-hmm. And I, in fact, I, I bet on them too because they were like plus one seventy two. So I placed a nice bet on the Cowboys to win outright. So we shall see. <laughs> Nice. All right, well, there you go. So we both picked the Jags uh, to cover the spread, basically. Uh, you picked the Giants to cover the spread. I picked the Eagles. I don't even put by 10, just so we can keep track of that. Just for just for next next week's podcast, we can discuss it. Mm-hmm. We both picked the Bengals to uh, possibly win the game, but at least cover five and a half. And then we both picked the Cowboys to outright win the game. So yep. I like it. Um, all right, well, there you go. Nice, easy division round podcast. Look at that. We're, we're at an hour. One of our, this is probably our shortest podcast of the season. And we, and we spent 30 minutes of it talking about defensive rookies. So I know. <laughs> when, we started, when we started 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, this might end up being a long one. But no, <laughs> quick recap. There's only six games to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there weren't, yeah, there weren't 16 games to talk about. So Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go. All righty. Well, that'll do it for us then on episode 22, covering your divisional round and going back over 
apparently what was dubbed Super Wild Card Weekend, which is a terrible, stupid name. It's just they Wild Card Weekend. They've called it that ever since they expanded the playoffs to seven teams, and it went from four Wild Card games to six. They've called it Super Wild Card I thought weekend. they called it Super Wild Card because they, they moved it to Monday so that they had three days of games. No, I remember them doing it ever since they had, like, when they expanded the playoffs to seven teams a couple seasons ago. Hmm. I remember they first did it. Well, um, anyways, super wild card weekend. Do we really need an adjective? I don't think we do. I, yeah. <laughs> I think we're good. I don't know. I don't think the NFL calls it that. I think that's just, like, the TV stations. But I, I kind of want to look now. I'm actually going to go see the NFL.com if they officially list it as super wild card on the schedule. <laughs> no, they just say wild card. All right, I don't know who's doing that, but knock it off. It's it's terrible. ESPN. <laughs> Probably. ESPN does a lot of terrible things. They do. All righty. Well, we'll be back next week for our episode 23 covering the conference weekend. And, uh, yeah. So, Richie, you got anything else you want to say before I, I do? Um, I think we should give a plug to our Discord because I, I had the thought that as the season winds down and we've got – obviously more time on the podcast to talk about other things you know if anybody wants to join the discord put put a suggestion for a topic in there you know um you know we do our top five to start the podcast but um you know we could go deeper into it and talk about you know why we're fans of our of the lions or or commanders or cardinals or um you know just favorite memories dive dive more into that or um, you know, debate different players like who's the better quarterback, uh, Manning or Brady or I don't know, whatever. Anybody, anybody wants got an idea? Join the Discord. Punk will explain how because I'm not that tech savvy. Um, and you know, give us a suggestion. It is Discord.me/coffincorner. If you go to Discord.me/coffincorner on any web browser, you will get a Discord invite to the Coffin Corner podcast server. There you go. There you go. Everybody's welcome. Just join up, be polite, talk about football, suggest topics for the podcast, and we'd be happy to discuss them. Exactly. Did I just lose you? I think I just lost Richie. All right. Well, anyways, oh, he's coming back. There he is. Hey, welcome back. Sorry about that. Uh, what the hell just happened? Discord just closed on me. <laughs> I was looking at at the at the, at the uh, Streamlabs, and suddenly I saw two pictures of my face. So I'm like, like just the... sitting here, and I look over. I'm like, that's not Discord anymore. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, after I give it a plug, it betrays me. It's like, thanks for that. I've I'm, yeah. I have no use for you now. Yeah. Forget everything I said about Discord. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will be back next week for episode 23. Until then, enjoy your divisional weekend, and we will catch you on the flip side. All right, bye, everybody.